Hi, and welcome to Spilling Chai. I'm your host, Anisha Hussain. You may know me as the Bangladeshi American cable news commentator who debates toxic masculinity with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Or maybe you've read my articles on CNN about toxic white supremacy. While I may be a pro at giving my opinion and analysis on the headlines, something you don't get to hear me do is ask the questions and talk about something other than the news. And that's what I'm all about doing right now, because between coronavirus, a global lockdown, and social isolation, my Persian cats and I need a break. This podcast, Billing Chai, is about conversations. I want to feel inspired, and radio is such a great medium to have really in-depth conversations and to take the time to have them. In this show, I'm going to be talking to brilliant writers, passionate activists, and amazing artists, and I want you to join us. This podcast is also a PSA on behalf of all brown people that in most of the Asia and the Middle East, chai is not a latte. Instead, it's the best kind of tea. And on this podcast, we are all about spilling it. So pour yourself a cup and pull up a seat. Hello, Spilling Chai listeners. Welcome to episode 14, the season finale of the show. We hear so much about how the GOP under Trump is unrecognizable and basically just the party of Trump. But behind the spectacular rise of the Political Action Committee, the Lincoln Project, and their viral videos that mock everything from the president's leadership to his intelligence to his patriotism is a group of some of the most prominent Republican figures who call themselves Never Trumpers. While the Lincoln Project aims its content at Republican voters whose support of Trump is wavering and Trump himself, the group is attracting millions of dollars from both Republican and Democrat donors. Lifelong Democrats are even organizing fundraisers for the Lincoln Project. So does this super PAC have the recipe to defeat Trump? We are so lucky to have Steve Schmidt, co-founder of the Lincoln Project, with us on Spilling Chai today. Schmidt is a veteran Republican strategist who worked on the political campaigns of Senator John McCain, George W. Bush, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. He joined the Bush administration as a deputy assistant to the president and counselor to Vice President Dick Cheney. In 2004, he was a member of the senior strategic planning group led by Karl Rove that ran George W. Bush's re-election campaign. In 2018, Schmidt formally renounced the Republican Party, which he said had become the party of Trump, and he joins us today on Spilling Chai. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Steve. So, from not releasing his tax returns to countless credible accusations of sexual assault to Russian bounties on the heads of American soldiers to his deadly mishandling of the corona pandemic, why do Americans put up with so much dangerous behavior from Trump? First off, it's good to be with you. I think it's a really important question, but I think it's one that is premised on a belief that we need to unravel a bit. And it's just bottom line, there's more of us than there are of them. The majority of this country substantially opposes all of the behaviors you just enumerated and more. So the majority of the country looks at Donald Trump and sees someone who is depraved, someone who is amoral, someone who is profoundly dishonest and unfit, unfit for office at a mental level, at an intellectual level, at a moral level that understands that the country is in precipitous decline, 
as a result of one of the great catastrophes to ever befall the United States, maybe when you combine the death and the economic collapse and really an understanding that as we move into September, how much worse things are going to get, the number of evictions and foreclosures will dwarf anything from the Great Recession. Flu season and corona will be indistinguishable and overload the healthcare systems. The government's financial assistance packages have been squandered and wasted on corporate giveaways, and small businesses are going to shrivel and die in record numbers, evaporating the dreams of so many people. There will be no sports. The kids will not be in school. An epic, epic disaster. Now, the question is, is why is 25 to 30% of the country so willingly subjugated their agency to someone with authoritarian tendencies who possesses all of the qualities that we just described about Trump? And that's the question. It's a serious one because it's a number that's way too high. But there's a growing movement in this country of people from the left, from the right, everything in between, all races, ethnicities, religions, Americans who understand that our inheritance, as John Lewis said, we all came here on different ships, but we're in the same boat together now, who understand that we are called to defend the idea of the American Republic against Trump and Trumpism right now. You've had such an amazing career advising and strategizing the campaigns of iconic Republican politicians such as John McCain, George W. Bush, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. What does it mean to be a Republican today? Well, the Republican Party today essentially is a principleless, hollowed out organization that's an organized conspiracy to maintain political power for the advancement of self-interest, parochial interest, and insider power politics under the dome of the United States Capitol, where the people's business is supposed to be conducted. So it bears nothing in resemblance to the Jack Kemp Republican Party, to a party that believed in limited government concepts, believed in honesty and virtue, believed in American greatness, believed in internationalism, believed in the importance of our mutual defense obligations and treaties and alliances. It's become a party that stands opposed to the rule of law. It will tolerate any and all behavior from the president that is, in essence, a cult of personality. And it is a real threat to American democracy. Because for the first time, one of the two great political parties in the country has become an authoritarianist party that doesn't support small L liberal values in support of small R Republican government. And it's a real tragedy for the country. This is Democratic and Republican parties are the first and third oldest political parties in the world. And they're two of the most important institutions in the history of the world for the advancement of human freedom and dignity, producing the essential leaders at the right moments of national and global crises, Lincoln in the 19th century, FDR in the 20th. And to see one of them come to a movement that is antithetical to Americanism, to liberty, to democratic values, where president goes to hold the Bible upside down at St. John's Church and orders an attack out of the White House on peacefully assembled protesters exercising their First Amendment 
right to speech and to assembly. Just an appalling moment in the life of the nation. That's what the Republican Party's come to stand for. The Lincoln Project announces teaming up with evangelicals. Tell me more about this new partnership with the Vote Common Good group. This is a broad coalition that's coming together that will defeat Donald Trump and will restore dignity and decency to the Oval Office behind the Resolute Desk that will come together for Vice President Biden as he journeys on his life's mission to become the 46th president of the United States and to begin the first steps towards national renewal and recovery from one of the great disasters that Donald Trump is to blame for. And this movement is a big tent. And the movement around Joe Biden is one of the largest by its diversity, maybe in the history of the country, if you look at it ideologically, if you look at it however you wish, that from the Bernie Sanders brothers to disaffected Republicans from all regions of the country, all places, majority of Americans are saying enough of all of this. And so when you look at Trump's apostasies, when you look at his sacrilege, this is offensive to legitimate people of faith. You know, Donald Trump is supported by these evangelical charlatans like Jerry Falwell Jr., recently exposed in a picture with his pants unzipped and holding a drink course at a university that bans premarital sex and alcohol of any type. Just another hypocrite. This woman in the White House, Pastor Paula, one of these prosperity preachers, another complete and total nut job. So many of these pastors are extremists that spout all sorts of nonsense from hurricanes are caused by gay marriage to the doctor that he had up on the stage, or excuse me, that he tweeted out talking about demonic sex and demon sperm. And this is who he listens to with regard to coronavirus. So these people are all crazy. And these people don't represent the vast majority of decent people in this country of faith who want decency, who understand the nature of the Ten Commandments, no right from wrong. And see an immoral man mocking their religion. I mean, Trump's comments about Joe Biden's against God are such an affront from such an amoral man to someone who practices his faith every week and has relied on God and his grace to deal with the tragedies in his family. So we're going to work with as many groups as we can as part of this coalition that's going to remove Donald Trump from political power in 100 days. And every time Donald Trump goes out of the White House, he makes it worse for himself. He's falling apart. He's weak. He's decrepit. He could barely hold on to the podium, sweating profusely. He's falling apart in front of our eyes. This is all ending. We will not allow him to steal the election. We will not allow him to continue to debase the country for another four years. We will not allow him to weaken the country. And that includes all of us. Despite disagreements on this issue or that issue, No, we have more in common than we do in disagreement. And what we have in common is defense of the country and the constitutional republic that long time ago when he was asked coming out of Independence Hall what he and the men in there had given from a woman on the street, Benjamin Franklin replied, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And so the country is a lot closer to the fulfillment of its ideas than it was on this day. We're just not going to let Donald Trump take the country back to 1962, Selma. It's just a disgraceful period, and it needs to come to its end.
You are the son of a school teacher and a telecommunications executive from North Plainfield, New Jersey. You were a member of the National Honor Society, senior class vice president, and voted most likely to succeed in high school. Were you always a high achiever? What motivates you to do the work that you do? I don't know about that. I think when I was younger, I don't know, you know, how you would describe it, but kind of the idea of trophy hunting, so to speak, was something that was appealing. I definitely wasn't the greatest college student. I think like at the end of the day, you can't teach people ambition. And I've been lucky enough to find something that I feel a lot of passion for. And I've been lucky that my career has given me a lot of opportunities to work on a lot of broadly interesting things all over the world and have a lot of experiences. And what I would say to young people when I go to colleges and you know, talk to them is that, look, everyone gets knocked down in life. Everybody is going to lose. Everybody is going to fail. And the quality that determines success in life is grit and determination and the ability to get back up on your feet when you've been disappointed, when you've been knocked down, because that's coming for everybody. And the difference between, in the end, I think successful people and people who just don't get to where their talent could have led them is that ability to get back up and to stay in the fight and have conviction about what you believe in. And so I've been lucky in my career. For me, right now, I feel like very privileged to have an opportunity to weigh in on the issues of the day in an important moment in time in the history of the country, because so much is at stake and so much is under threat from Trump. Founders of the Lincoln Project first announced the creation of the Super PAC in a December 2019 New York Times op-ed, they wrote, We look to Lincoln as our guide and inspiration. He understood the necessity of not just saving the Union, but also of knitting the nation back together, spiritually as well as politically. But those wounds can only be bound up only once the threat has been defeated. So, too, will our country have to knit itself back together after the scourge of Trumpism has been overcome. So what will America choose? Will voters allow Trump to remain in office? Or will Americans vote to start on the path to becoming the United States of America again? In less than 80 days, my dear listeners, we shall see. Thank you so much. For all your love and support, my dear, dear listeners, during the inaugural season of Spilling Chai, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and for supporting us. We are taking a short hiatus, but we'll be back spilling the tea with you before you know it. Don't forget to keep up with us on social at Spilling Chai Podcast. Please rate and review us. And until September, let's keep brewing the chai. Chai.